Hello and welcome to the Hit Shuffle Podcast. I am your host, Matt. And I am your host, Dave. Welcome to episode 16. We did it. We made it past 15. Getting closer to 20. That's right. We can drive now. That's true. Podcast is old enough to drive. So what have you been listening to recently? I have been, as you might guess, all over the place. No. As I always am. Uh... Going pretty old school on this one. Been listening to a lot of Incubus. How old school Incubus are we talking? Uh, Morning View oh, and that. Make Yourself. So very older. I mean, not as old as you can get Incubus, yeah, but, but fairly old Incubus. As far as like the the public view of Incubus goes, that's yeah, that's that's kind of the the peak radio Incubus. And then a little way out there, uh, the band Action Action. I know the name, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. It's they're classified as like indie rock, but it's very like eighties synth poppy influence, (laughs) throwback. I don't know. There's just uh, one album called Don't Cut Your Fabric to This Year's Fashion, which I think was like 2004 or something, but it I really like, like an, it. an early 2000s yeah. type, of, uh, type of title. It's basically like a scene take on 80s synth pop music, I guess. Okay. Maybe something like that. Yeah. Pretty darling, stop running down my street. The tears are dropping like a nuclear meltdown. I never meant to let it come to this. Can we blame it on timing now? What about you? What have you been listening to? So I have gone a little bit back into the hip-hop world again. Nice. Recently, Aesop Rock released his uh, instrumental versions of his Spirit World. Oh, yeah, you sent me that. That's really yeah, good. Yeah, the Spirit World Field Guide album. But So I went back and listened to the actual album itself, specifically the Dog at the Door track. It's one of his, I guess you could call it one of his storytelling songs. Where he goes through and he's actually like actively telling a story <laughs> through it. Aren't most of them? <laughs> yeah, but you have like this one, and you go back to like uh, Impossible Kid, where he has the one about his brother playing baseball and he's, yeah. you know, and all that kind of stuff. It's one of those types of songs. Well, as a critter, but it isn't. I feel that it's important we consider all dimensions. Like, oh, I don't know, maybe it's a trap. I step onto the lawn, you'll jump out with the bag. I wake up in some alley on a holy other plane. Can't remember who I am. I had to get back to the base. I realize you people think that I am off the deep end. I'll say that it's a lovely night regardless of the BS. It is. A perfect snow is sprinkling the path. It's almost like the atmosphere is begging for a trap. The mud goes quiet. And then in the, I would say, almost completely opposite direction, I was listening to the Outer Wilds soundtrack. Oh, nice. The game. If you haven't played this game, there's no spoilers or anything like that. Because I could say like three things and spoil so much shit about this game, like different sections of the game. But um, the song specifically is 14.3 Billion Years by Andrew Prelo. Prelo? I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce his last name. Uh, I'm sorry. But there's a musical theme that runs through the soundtrack for the the, like the larger pieces. Uh, there's It's a very specific like melody riff that's played on, on a couple of different instruments. 
And there's a spot in the song where it builds up. It kind of starts with it real slow. It builds up, and then it just drops out to that 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 instrumental part, or it's all instrumental off to that melody part. I don't know what it is, but that shit hits you like right in the chest as soon as it comes back. Yeah, I love. Oh, it's so good. I love when uh, game soundtracks do that, and they have kind of like a central melody theme, and they'll revisit it in like different ways throughout the soundtrack. Yeah, different instruments or like you know a faster one and a slower one and and that kind of stuff and it it just pulls you in more connects you more to the game because you keep getting brought back to that one well yeah it, it treats it like theater where you have themes that yeah you know, that run through a character comes on stage and the music changes you have darth vader he has his own song and that changes every time he comes into play things like that but it's very similar to that they have the slower part they have a slower version of it they have a faster version of it they have a multi-instrumental version of it but then the, just this build up into just this one, it just everything stops and it just goes into this part and it just, oh, it's so good. good uh emotional manipulation absolutely music. And, if, and if you haven't played the outer wilds oh my god go play it uh i actually need to you need to i, I even played it i played it with a fucking strategy guide i'll say it i don't even care i didn't even really solve the puzzles myself well i mean i I've, just enjoyed the damn game <laughs> i've done that before sometimes it's more about the atmosphere and the experience and like if the puzzles become frustrating that kind of Kind of, yeah, I didn't want to it. ruin it, but I wanted to enjoy the experience that it was giving me. So I'll have to check it out, and uh, I believe it's on Game Pass. Uh, For the Xbox and PC players. If anybody else wants to check it out. And that has been the Hit Shuffle Gaming Weekly Break. <laughs> but <laughs> with these songs, you can find them on our Hit Shuffle Podcast playlist on Spotify, and you can find that on our website, hitshufflepodcast.com. That's true. Okay, and we are back. It is Dave's turn to go first. So go ahead and roll the die. Let's see what we get. All right, big slapper, no whammy, stop. Five. Got a five. Let's see what we get here. All right, we've got Come Around by Fireworks. What's your name? You won't fall in chain. You roll all three tied up this way. It was a good idea when you needed a home. Your best days were spent on your own. All right, and that was Come Around by Fireworks off their 2009 album, All I Have to Offer is My Own Confusion. I miss Fireworks. I do too, and I'm glad that we landed on them because I had mentioned them a while ago in my listening to, and now we get a chance to dive in deeper and talk about them some more. Yeah. Fireworks has always been in my kind of upper tier of pop punk bands yeah as far as like just straight up good pop punk yes absolutely because i mean that's this is kind of the start of the peak era of like the wonder years kind of more advanced pop punk sound i guess you would say kind of when 
everybody started adding a bunch of more intricate parts and like since not just power yeah. chords you know um but fireworks it's just like they're more technical than most of the other bands in the scene and it's just so well written it really is and i mean for a band that started in 2004 under the name bears great name by the way i think it's fantastic uh, I, I didn't realize they were around for that long. I thought they were, did I. they were more of a mid, you know, mid to late two thousands. Well, that is mid two thousands, more later two thousands. Was probably when I got into them, two thousand seven, two thousand eight, yeah. maybe well, even a little bit later. Well, I mean, like they started in two thousand four, and then they did the switch the name and did demos in two thousand five. But this was their first full length, and yeah. it didn't come out until two thousand nine. They recorded at the end of two thousand eight, but. Which I mean, is also crazy when you think about it that this was their first full length in 2009, but in 2007 they were on tour with Set Your Goals and Just Surrender. Yeah, I mean they. Uh, so that's just, based off of an EP. Yeah, one some demos and an EP, and they were on uh, Run for Cover Records, which is an independent label. But they were already touring with some big bands, or I guess at that point bands that were becoming big bands i can't remember when set your goals kind of really blew up it was around that time it was kind of when they were heading think, towards yeah, the top i think that might have been that like yeah. their first headlining tour or something like that but i mean that's that's a pretty good company to be touring with off yeah. of one ep and like being a band for a year or two that had to be fun and it's kind of crazy hearing this album it being their first full length that it's so well done you know and it holds up yeah it's still better than a lot of uh pop punk you know why it's so good why is that because it was produced by such a good person Uh, your best friend every time we get a pop punk song it's like produced by chad gilbert uh however i did uh learn also aside from Chad Gilbert. This was mixed by Paul Miner, who I don't think has come up before. I don't think so. Uh, and I didn't know very much about him, but he was the former bassist of the band Death by Stereo. And then he left the band to become a full-time producer-engineer. And he's done work on a lot of really big pop-punk albums. I definitely know Death by Stereo. So I was I was surprised when I saw the list of like bands he's worked with mm-hmm. and mixed for. It's a lot of big bands. It's very well mixed. I mean, oh yeah, it sounds great. It's really it does not sound like a band's first album. No, it's not at very all. Very polished. The mix is really good. There's nothing that's you know too loud or you can't hear or anything like that. I should say it's not not for their first album, but for a band that wasn't given a shit ton of money to do their first album. Yeah, because they, uh, they signed to Triple Crown yeah. off their second EP, which came out in 2008, and realized they didn't really have a lot of material. Yep. <laughs> so they had to put out an album. And this was recorded in about two weeks, I think it said. That's insane. Which is pretty fast for an entire full-length album when you've never done that before. Of this quality. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's there. It, there's no sloppy parts. There's nothing that sounds off. Everything is locked in. Speaking of your best friend, Chad Gilbert, they they toured their ass off. Yeah, the, the list of bands they've toured with is basically every big pop punk band 
from 2005 to 2015. Yeah, we've already said set your goals, just surrender, but Newfound Glory, which is probably where they met Chad, uh, Four Year Strong, Saves the Day, they were co-supporting with Hit the Lights. I mean, this is just major, major mm-hmm. bands. Uh, toured with Polar Bear Club. Polar Bear Club, yeah. Uh, went on tour with Set Your Goals again and Cartel. Yeah, Cartel. Uh, played multiple years of Warp Tour, the whole tour, which when you're not a huge band playing That's the impressive. whole Warp Tour yeah. is a big deal because a lot of times you get like a regional. You get like your little chunk of the region where yeah, you're at. Yeah, which for fireworks, you know, would be like the Midwest, I guess. Because they're from Detroit, if you didn't yes. notice that it was mentioned a lot. It comes up a few times. Not only the song that they have called Detroit. They also toured multiple times in support of the Wonder Years, uh, who also shout them out in a song. Not just shout them out. Straight up quote their lyrics. Of their song. (laughs) Of their song. Call out probably their most well-known line. Absolutely. And it's it's done so well in the, uh, the deluxe edition release of the Logan Circle, A New Hope track. I believe it's indirectly referenced in the real version. Kind of. And then... But this is, like, yeah. specifically referenced. Yes. They, they take it, and then they actually extend the line to include... The whole thing. The, the whole thing, yeah. When you think about the lifetime, a lot of these other bands that they've toured with, I mean, Fireworks kind of really started going in 2005 and then went on hiatus in 2015. So in a 10-year span... They managed to do a lot of tours with a lot of different bands. Mm -hmm. And it's weird that they went on all these tours with these bands that were huge, but they never really got to that same level. Which I never really understood and always kind of uh, disappointed me because I enjoyed them and appreciated how much work went into their music and how well done it was compared to... I mean... Once the pop punk scene really blew up, a lot of bands got in it just to cash in and yeah. were not putting a lot of effort into it. But you could tell between the music and the touring, I mean, these guys were putting everything they had into the band. And but have, had been doing it the whole time. So I just, it's kind of confusing to me if you can go to a Wonder Years show and see fireworks and then not go get their albums and listen to them. Yeah, how you're not hitting that merch table on the way out. like. And especially, like, the Wonder Years shows, because I know, like, Dan always shouts out the opening acts and yeah. repeatedly tells you to go check out their albums and everything, so... And was obviously an <laughs> avid listener to them. Like, Yeah, I mean, and little side note, but there's multiple bands I got into because... I went to a Wonder Year show and Dan was talking about them yeah. on stage or because they opened up. And I actually, that might have been how I discovered Fireworks. It's very possible. Because I mean, it's the, the Fireworks was also around the same time. I don't know if you remember the band this time next year. Yes, yes. Good, uh, good kind of little more to the hardcore-ish uh, inspired Various, yeah. of uh, pop punk. But those two always went like, like when, I, when I learned about both of them, it was always like hand in hand with those two. So as soon as I saw these guys come up, I was like, oh, shit. Now, the band, as I mentioned, went on hiatus in 2015 uh, after they finished, you know, another of their many tours. And they did attempt a comeback in 2019. They did. They put out a website and a single and announced that a new album was coming out in 2020, but... As we've run into multiple times, and I'm sure we all know, 
The pandemic happened and they had to delay the album. Yes, the the official tweet from 2019 was, new album, Higher Lonely Power, out 2020. And then they replied to that tweet with an asterisk and 2022. That was their only <laughs> way of saying, we are moving this album to 2022. So... As of this recording, we are about the end of September of 2022. The album is not out yet. Hopefully it will be out soon. Uh, I'd really like to hear some new fireworks. Yeah. It's been a long time, and they were getting into experimenting with some really different, unique sounds in their last album or two. Getting into the actual song itself here, Come Around, it's the second song off of the album. Uh, I feel it's one of the stronger songs on the album. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Although there's not a lot of weak songs on this album, really. Uh, and it comes right at you. Oh, yeah, with them drum hits right out you of just, the gate? You just get kind of like a little almost gallopy drum fill and then straight into, you know, the full fireworks experience. You've got kind of a unusual rhythm. You've got the lead guitar doing a little... I don't know how to describe them. They're like little peppy kind of lead lines yeah they're they're just happy yeah they're like they're happy they're energetic they catch your ear and you get right into it with dave's vocals uh fellow dave shout out (laughs) (laughs) what's up all right one thing about the band which comes up in this song and every song dave has a really unique voice he does. It's one of you hear him whether it's a fireworks song, if it's in some, you immediately know it's him. And it's just, I don't know. There's just one of those things. It's the sound quality to his voice doesn't sound like anybody else. He's definitely unique in the pop punk realm, but I think he's more pop than punk, obviously. But I think that really comes through and mixes well with their music. Yeah. Because, honestly, the the reason they probably didn't get as far as they did, or as far as they could have, they were too fucking happy. Yeah. Not lyrically, though. Well, We'll no. We'll get to that in a little bit. It sounds happy. And people, at that point in time, didn't want to be happy for some fucking reason. That's that's when being sad became cool instead of something we were trying to not be. Right. Instead of us trying to fix it, which is what we should have all been doing at the time. It's... I mean, it's definitely very major key energetic um like those lead lines they're yeah they're very very energetic it's it's another very good example of like your i guess motion city soundtrack syndrome where you have a very upbeat happy sounding music with very dark kind of dark lyrics in it speaking of the drums coming in in the intro the drums pretty much go 110% from the first second of the song and don't ever stop. Oh, no. I mean, the, the fills, the rolls, the hits, the, the cymbal work, the whole thing yeah. is just amazing. And it's it's very intricate and very complex, but one of those times where it, it doesn't ever come off as too much. Like, it doesn't sound like he's, you know, gone off in some kind of 1970s prog drum thing or whatever and he's trying to show off. Yeah, it's not like fill after fill after fill after fill. It's it's what he does makes sense in and where he does it. But it's it's kind of a unique sound the way that he doesn't really continually do beats. It's kind of beats and fills regularly back and forth and the beats are changing up. You don't have like 
eight measures of one beat without any variation in it. Yeah, it's not just like a straight four on the floor, straight count, you know. Even in the chorus section, it's about 50% really fast fills. Yeah. But it adds so much energy to the music that a regular drum you know, track written out just wouldn't have. Well, it's because his fills follow the guitar parts, which is a little bit different than what you normally get. So when they're making these transitions in the chorus and making these transitions in the verses, he's making those fills transition with the guitar. Not not just a fill. Right, not just doing something and then letting the guitars take it and then coming back in. They're, They're going together as opposed to one after the other. Which highlights another thing that I think is very noticeable in the song and the music is the lead guitar is always doing something. Yes. There's there's not like parts where the lead guitar drops out for a whole section or just, you know, doubles up with the rhythm guitar. But again, it doesn't sound busy. It doesn't sound like it's too much but it's always adding something to the music the lead guitarist is never sitting off like waiting for his moment oh talking about the lead lines the muted lead line and then they have these like weird off time hits that come in That's another just another example of they're they're playing together off of each other, not just giving each other space to do whatever they want. Yeah, the the all the parts were written together. It's not like, oh, this is the guitar part and then the drummer just kinda did a normal drum beat. Like all of the dynamics of the song are crafted with all of the instruments. And that even takes into account the vocals. Because normally you won't have vocal parts that'll tie into a guitar well, normally normally you will have vocal parts that tie into a guitar part or a bass part uh you don't have vocal parts that tie into drum parts uh that tie into guitar parts that are tying into bass parts that are all working together to get to the same place yeah there's a lot of times where the drum beat is kind of hitting the on beat where he accents the vocals which wouldn't be where the accent would be in a regular drum beat yeah, that's kind of confusing, but it's the the drummer's going off of the vocals instead of just setting a square rhythm underneath of it. Yeah, it's not just a straight one, two, three, four count. It's this is, you know, the vocals are coming in here. I'm going to come in with the vocal. And the, the vocals, too, he does a lot of transition parts mm-hmm. where a lot of vocalists would just kind of finish the verse and wait for the chorus to start. He drags a line out, or he does a little thing, or as we both love while we were listening to it, there's a part where he goes, soup, soup, which I don't even know what to call that, but it's a great part of the song. I don't know if he's trying to, if he's saying soon, because it's after you come around, or I hope that you come around, come around, you come around, and he goes, soup. I don't know if he's saying soon as, as like a hit, <laughs> yeah, it just, or if he's just going, soup. But it really kind of highlights that yeah. moment. Which is right in a musical transition. That's the E-40 moment. Soup. I mean, yeah, you wouldn't really think 
that you would bring up E40 to describe the vocals in a pop punk song, but you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring up E40 as much as I can. Vegan mob. Vegan mob. The palm muted lead lines that you mentioned was one of the highlights for me, too. Yeah, they sound so cool. Uh, it's such a great way to approach the verses because the rhythm guitar is doing what you'd expect in pop punk during the verses, doing palm muted power mm-hmm. chords. Uh, the bass is following along with that. But I don't, the lead line is like a harmony over the power chords, but it's kind of following the rhythm of the power chords. Yeah, it's, it's doing its own thing while doing it with something else. So, it, yeah, it's... I think. I don't know. It's just a really cool way of enhancing your normal power chord rhythm without kind of overshadowing it if it if it was a completely separate lead line that would take you wouldn't really hear the rhythm but it highlights the rhythm so it pulls the drums and the bass and the rhythm guitar more together instead of you know lead being kind of an overdub type situation right right that was a little wordy but (laughs) it's hard not to get wordy when you have writing like this you can't just be like they played the song together yeah. like well, well but they did this and then they did this but then they actually did this uh, now one thing they do that's just real simple is that live your own life section with those big ass guitars oh they're yeah. just strumming them out and that goes into those little staccato guitar hits that one of them sounds like it's actually like a strum like a strum and a mute the other one sounds like they're doing that switch trick where yeah. you turn down one of the knobs and you like the the old buckethead thing. Yeah, do like the fake kill switch. Yeah, the fake gear with, with flipping your, your switch back and forth. Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me, Beato. I just yeah. love the way it does that, and then goes into this huge gang vocal. Yeah, I noticed that that's just a nice little touch, but you, your ear really does notice that little, like, dit, dit. Because it's, it's not a silence. It's a weird way. Like, if you know what it is or how to do it or have done yeah. it, it's its own sound. It's its own distinct way of cutting the sound. Yeah, you can't, you can't strum and cut the guitar with your hand that fast and that clean. It's, it, it's just physically not possible, because the switch just kills the signal. Yeah. But it also, at the same time, with whatever they have on it, it gives it a t- some kind of little bit of an audio tail, so it cuts it and then kind of still goes a little bit. Yeah, like a but reverb. The, like, it's like there's probably the reverb that's on it, but it's just it's in the background enough that you don't really hear it, but it's there. Our uh, trademark little things you might not have noticed, but add a lot to the sound of the song. Yeah, I, I would never have realized that that's what they were doing when I listened to this before. Really, the whole like ending multiple sections of the song, I I kind of I mean I just love the whole song in that part. Uh, the last chorus, I guess you'd call it. I really love. They come into it. Uh, Is it after the a little the bit gang, after the, the gang the, vocals the part? Yeah, but they do the chorus with almost no instruments, and it's a little yeah. softer over a drum roll, and then that just kind of builds into an even bigger version of it for the final kind of the outro finale. part yeah but the it, grand finale it, 
we've talked before about doing the final chorus in a modified version yeah. to the earlier choruses, but normally it's something like they do it halftime or strum it open to make it sound bigger, and this is kind of a the opposite. Yeah. It's pulling it down and making it a stripped-away version of the chorus, and then you just do that one time through, and that kind of makes the bigger final chorus sound even bigger. Then you got those hits. The oddly timed hits at the end where he's just following along with the guitar. It's which is just, it's so much it's so different. It's just yeah, so cool. It's just it's like a unique fireworks touch. It's yeah. I, I can't off the top of my head think of another band that writes that way. Not in pop punk, that's for damn sure. Now as we mentioned earlier, the lyrics are not at all similar to the sound of the song. No. I mean, you open with "What's your name, you old ball and chain?" So you know it's not gonna be happy times. Now I gotta say I'm not a hundred percent clear on the meaning or message of this song. Really, um, it's not like some of the other songs where I can really just be like, "Oh, this is what they're talking about." It's what I came away from it, uh, especially just based on that first four lines was that it's it's this song is a, a about somebody else yeah um who looks like it's about somebody else that settled down or like settled to settle down uh and then realized that that was the wrong thing to do and that they're trying to get away from that and that they're saying hey i know shit sucks but you can come kick it with us. We hope you kick it with us, but we know shit still sucks. Yeah, there's... But at the same time, it's like you're, the other person is relying on those old things that they got away from originally. It's, it's kind of all over the place, but it's also really hard to tie down. Yeah, it's like m- multiple different messages depending on which section of the song you're reading, yeah. which, I mean, that could very well be how he wrote it because... You know, you've got the main kind of hook chorus of come around just to feel up when you feel down. Um, but then you have, like, the, I guess, bridge interlude section that starts with We Could Be Our Own mm-hmm. Messiahs. That is definitely, to me, like what you were saying. It's like kind of when you're lost and everything sucks, like, go go back to what you know, what is, like, solid from your past or whatever. You can always, like, rely on that. Go back to your old friends. Go back, you know, that kind of thing. I guess. <laughs> For 2009 pop punk, it's some some really deep lyrics. It's hard to <laughs> suss out, you know. It's not like, oh, he broke up with a girl. Which, right. <laughs> most of the time, that's at least one meaning of the song. This song, it's kind of like, wow, we could kind of sit here for quite a while and try to break down all the messages going on here. Yeah, I don't think either of us are uh, qualified to have a full discussion on, on the meaning of these lyrics. No, no. I mean, I'm, I can't even write lyrics at all, so it's it's far beyond my this, jurisdiction. Honestly, this might be another reason why Fireworks didn't catch on as much as some of the other bands did, because this is... It's not... Oh no, I got broken up with her. Oh no, I'm sad. This is, hey, life is fucking complicated and there's a lot of things that are happening. 
you need to take all the shit at the same time and figure it out for your damn self. But I will say, the lyrics are very well written, and even though I can't exactly get the meaning of all of them, they're still very quotable and very sing-alongable. <laughs> sing-alongable. And it's kind of one of the things where you might pull an entirely different meaning from it yeah. than what he meant, and you know that's okay. How it should be. It's yeah. like... It, I, I could be completely wrong about what I think about every section of this song, but if that's how I connected with it and resonated with the song, then you know, I'm sure that the band's still happy. <laughs> you listen to it. That's what they yeah. want. Listen to it. I like it. Yeah. It's like listening to Cigaros and Ooh. coming up with your own meaning for everything that they sing because no one but them knows what the hell they're singing about. Exactly. And, and that's the beauty of music. Yeah. You could listen to a song. And get something from it that the lyricist had never thought of. But it's still just as emotionally impactful for you as it is for some, you know, the person who wrote it. Yeah. Once again, that was Come Around by Fireworks off their 2009 album, All I Have to Offer is My Own Confusion. We'll be right back after this short break, and I'll take my turn. And we are back. Matt, it's your turn to roll, so let's see what you get. That is a seven. Not too high this time. It's a capital seven. Oh, shit. Like three people are going to understand that. All right, let's go. And we're two of them. All right, we got Alkaline Trio Trouble Breathing. That should be a fun one. That's a little different. So that was the song Trouble Breathing by Alkaline Trio off of the 1998 album God Damn It. Dave. (laughs) That one doesn't count. A little bit of a different, um, I mean, I guess they're kind of pop punkish, but like not really. It's it's really like their own sound, basically. They are emo. Interesting little thing I noticed. Matt Skiba has been hit by a car five times. (laughs) <laughs> wow, I didn't think we were getting to that that quick. I'm just going to get yeah. right out of the gate. Matt Skiba's been hit by a car five times. Might explain why his music's so dark. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, what are you going to say? Uh, interesting parallel between this and the first song. They're both off of the band's debut albums, and both bands released two EPs before the album. That's how things work around here. Although this was... Quite a bit earlier, 1998. About, yeah, about 10 years before. 
But yeah, the as a band, they formed around 1996. Went through very small lineup changes, uh, kind of out there as they are now. No, so you, I don't want to say you aren't an Alkaline Trio fan, but you're definitely not an Alkaline Trio fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like indifferent to Alkaline Trio. I don't hate it's not like i think it's offensively bad or anything it just never was my jam i've been around it and heard it plenty and uh i don't mind it i just it's not something that i would ever go to put on that's fair myself yeah this is definitely more definitely more my side of the conversation on this yeah one. yeah uh, if marky c was a guest he'd be in heaven right now uh big off marky c uh he's not dead it's just what's up <laughs> like wow man <laughs> need to tell me something no but to speak on the whole emo thing, I'm just going to jump right into the lyrics. Uh, the uh, depression and suicide and yeah. things like that may be mentioned. Yeah, definitely. Trigger warning for that if you're not wanting to hear about suicide. At least there's a lot of that. It's basically the topic of the whole song. Pretty much. Having a conversation with somebody who's thinking about suicide. So. Yeah, I mean, right off the first line of the song, you told me that you want to die. And I said I've been there myself more than a few times. I mean, Matt, it's right there. Matt Skeeb is a dark dude. He definitely is. I mean, it's it, it's written really well, i got to say. But uh, Yeah, I mean, it's it's meaningful, and I, it's examining the subject, like, seriously. It's not just bringing up suicide because, well, I would say popular at the time, but it's 1998, so it wasn't even popular yet wasn't like in the the i can't think of the word but uh well, the forefront of, of public interest i mean by popular i mean like you know with the whole Talked scene about. emo thing everybody referenced suicide and songs all the time 1998 people weren't really doing that or at least not so directly if i remember correctly 1998 was the year fuck you and your cat came out by goldfinger <laughs> so they definitely weren't <laughs> thinking too hard about uh yeah. about these kinds of things in that period so of time. You can see the vastly different tone compared to you know, this was kinda towards the end of the heyday of ska before the darker music really got popular. Because everything got because everything went to shit. Now, there are two lyrics two sets of lyrics in the song I actually really like. They're some of my favorite lyrics. Uh especially from Alkaline Trio. And it's in the second section here. You said tonight is a wonderful night to die. I asked you how you could tell. You told me to look at the sky. Look at all these stars. Look how goddamn ugly the stars are. That's fucking great. Yeah, I mean, that kind of That's great. perfectly captures the tone of the song and the kind of like, vivid imagery yeah, that Matt Skiba likes to evoke with his lyrics. I mean, how many times, I you know, I know personally I can, I can speak to this. Uh, you feel like shit. I mean, the depression's kicking your ass. And... Any other night, you would walk outside to this beautiful sky, a sunset, things like that, and you're like this, this is fucking ugly. Because you just, you just can't relate to any of it as as beauty. Yeah, and that's that's when you're in pretty bad shape there. Yeah, and the second one is farther down. I guess it's uh, let's consider like one of the next, the last verses of the song. Uh, you told me that the daylight burned you and that the sunrise was enough to kill you. I said, maybe you're a vampire. You said, it's quite possible I feel truly dead inside. And the way he delivers that last line. Yes, it's, it's great the way that he does that. Like, it's the end of a verse going, you know, into a pre-chorus chorus. So you generally expect it to kind of have an upward 
you know, verses tend to build towards the end, but he, like, that really drives home the depression and the severity the of, point it, yeah. of the song, the way he just kind of does that line so off compared to the energy of how the, he's the, been singing. Yeah, the chorus energy is really high. Yeah, so it just, it really illustrates that big gap, like that emotion behind that line. Now, with the choruses, the one thing I really like about them is that they are more powerful. They're still in the same vein lyrically about everything else, but between Matt Skiba and Dan, the two vocal harmonies that they have going on, I think are really great. They've always been great, but those two singing together, uh, they follow each other really well. They can hit low harmonies, high harmonies, and their voices meld really well together. Yeah, it's one of those times in a band where you've got two vocalists, and it's not just they complement each other, it's like it's perfect. Yeah. Their they, voices they are made yeah. to complement each other. Like Even if you don't like Alkaline Trio songs, you at least know or know of one or two of the harmonies that they have done before, like a vocal part. Yeah, I mean, that's a major part of their sound. Yeah. Uh, and it's unique to their sound. You definitely hear that, and you're like, Alkaline Trio. Then you have two very unique voices. I mean, they're, yeah. they're very, very different. Is Matt Skiba, like uh, Dave from Fireworks, is a voice you hear it and you instantly know it's, Skiba, it's yeah. Matt Skiba. Uh, you, you, you wouldn't hear him in a, another song like, oh, I wonder who that is. Like that's not, No, you're like, that's Matt Skiba. But at the same time, with Dan's vocals, you can do the same exact thing. Yeah. Because there are songs in Alkaline Trio that he sings by himself. And you're like, oh, this is a Dan song. Like, we know that this is Dan. But then when they're together, it's like, they blend together so well you kind of can't pick out the two separate voices yeah it's like one double voice one conglomerate yeah speaking of that kind of it's amazing for being their first album and i mean the two eps they put out were basically within the year prior to this yeah uh but there's so many parts of that signature alkaline trio sound that are already present Yes, in yeah. the vocal harmonies, in the octave, the, 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 octave guitar, the guitar parts, parts yeah. there's already like all those things that you associate with the alkaline trio sound are here. And a lot of times, bands take a while to develop all of these different like signature things about their sound. It's not always there on their first album. Yeah, they came out of the gate and they're like, "This is our sound. This is what we want to do," and they just kind of built on it over the years. Uh, and I, I, for me, got better and better. Uh, uh, you haven't really dove that deep into their catalog to know too much about that, but I mean, know I, from what I, you've I've heard. heard. I've heard yeah. the singles and everything. You've been in the car the with me and Marky C at the same time. You know Alkaline Trio has come on more than once. Now, musically, speaking of their sound, uh, this song, it's not complicated. But it, no, I mean it definitely doesn't have no. like the the technical intricacy that the you know the fireworks song had, but it doesn't need, doesn't need to it. because it's not that sound. No, you know? not at all. It's just a straight up like emo song. So you have the that like that picked intro with that little bit of a drum fill that goes into that bass part, uh, and then <laughs> it kind of builds the distortion up a little bit. And then my favorite part that I pointed out to you is if you listen real closely when it rings out. And it's like that one, two count in, or the two, three, yeah. four count in. And to the. Like the main part. Yeah. yeah. Like you can hear the distortion click over in the guitar. It's very subtle. Yeah. It took me, it took me a couple listens, but then you can, you can clearly hear like the pedal where it 
jumps yeah. when he hits the pedal on. Like you said, it almost sounded like there's another strum of the guitar there, but it's yeah. not. It's the actual signal being boosted again uh, by his distortion, which I just think is fantastic. And then it goes into more of those octave guitar parts that are known, have become known in Alkaline Trio songs for since this album came out. It's a very distinct harmony, and like the way Matt voices his guitar parts and harmonies is definitely like uniquely him. Yeah, because they're like some of them are like minor harmonies and major harmonies, and they're mixed in a couple of the both that they just sit super nicely with their voices together. Right from early on in the song. You notice the bass, which we didn't oh. really talk about the bass much earlier. Oh, I feel so. like in the last one it wasn't it was not prominent. There's a couple parts in the fireworks song where you notice the bass, but it's like fills almost, not really noticing it throughout the whole song. It's right. mostly root noting the rhythm guitar. But in this, while it is doing a lot of root note stuff, you hear it a lot more in the song. He's playing some goddamn bass yeah. in this song. Your little note that you heard was the guitar pedal clicking on. Took me a little while to figure out what I was noticing. You can actually hear the pick strumming the bass string along with the bass. That's because Dan's getting it. I thought it was a click track for the drums in the background at first Mm -hmm. because it was so percussive. But one of those little things, low budget uh, studio... 1998 for, recording. Yeah, yeah. 1998 debut album on a small record label. You didn't have a lot of money. Uh, so, you know, things get picked up. It's not bad, you know. I, to me, it's just one of these little things that I notice and pick up from having recorded things and knowing <laughs> that kind of shit can happen. <laughs> right, yeah. How many times have you had to go, fuck, we can hear it in the headphones, in the microphone. Do it again. Especially with vocal parts. And one thing I really like in this song are the drums. Uh, I think the drums are really, really good. The fill work and things like that in this one are really, 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 really well done. Uh, one thing I really like is towards the end of the song, there's like uh, he's doing this roll and it's like he's hitting ghost notes in the roll. Yeah. So I don't even I don't even know how to explain ghost notes to somebody who doesn't know what they are. Uh, you don't. I can't explain them by word, but you know what they are when you hear them. They're like the kind of soft hits that are in between other hits. Really trying, popular, I mean, like, like jazz a, music. Yeah, trying to think of how to describe it. I was going to say like phantom hits, but that's just a rewording a of word ghost of, notes. Yeah. So that's the Saris version. <laughs> it's yeah. It's kind of like you barely hit it. Yeah, it's a hit that doesn't sound like you hit it hard, but he does that in the like in the roll. He doesn't do again for the rest of the like the rest of the ending, but it's that specifically that part. Just one of those little flare touches. Yeah, just one of those little. And I love ghost notes. I don't know what it is about ghost notes I like, but you're one of them spooky kind I'm of guys. Of, I'm a spooky motherfucker. So well, I mean, it's actually it's kind of fitting for Alkaline Trio that we're today, <laughs> talking yeah. about ghost notes. <laughs> At least as we when we record this, because uh, this is not coming out on Halloween. Uh, no, but it is. Coming up on Halloween as of today. Truth. Recording day. Uh, and then also, I really like that the they have that 
silence at the end, the the counted silence. Yeah. Where you can hear the hi hat count, but it's a three count. Yeah, which it's the not song is, like two the song four, isn't in three, it's, no. so it's 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 kind of like I think we've talked about it before when you have an ending of a song and you stop short mm-hmm. instead of doing the measure clean and then ending, which leaves like an unfinished feel. Yeah, which I mean, given the subject matter of the song, that kind of ties in, and then at the very end of the song, on one of the two guitar tracks. Matt was having a little fun and actually doing the uh, guitar the switch, switch. Yeah. Cut, cut off that we were talking about earlier. And you can hear the guitar just kind of going on and off in a very abrupt way. Who know? Who knew that we would have so many similarities? This is spooky, actually. <laughs> and fireworks. The, the amount of parallels that have come up between the first section and this section. like <laughs> In what, like a... 10-year difference between the two, roughly? Yeah, uh, yeah, 10, 11-year yeah. difference. And, you know, very different sounds. Yeah, very but, different sounds. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, album path of two EPs and then the debut album, and that's where both the songs were. And yep. Really weird that we were trying to talk about the uh, selector switch, kill switch thing, and then and it's, it's in, the in this song. Now, of course, as we all know, Matt Skiba of Alkaline Trio, joined Blink-182. Is also Matt Skiba of yeah. Blink-182, yes. Which, I gotta say, reading through, you know, more of the story, you know, details about the band that aren't from this album, it's pretty damn impressive that yeah. he's in two full-time bands, although, supposedly, I don't know, Tom's coming back, word is, I don't know if Matt will stay who, in, in who Blink. Who knows? But, I mean, for four or five years, he was basically touring with one band, like, touring with Blink and writing music for Alkaline Trio while he was on tour with Blink. And then when the Blink tour got done, he went in the studio, recorded for Alkaline Trio, and then toured for them. Yeah. And then did the reverse, like, got done with that, and then went back to Blink. So... Yeah, dude is nonstop. That's a lot of work and a lot of dedication to the craft and the fans. So, you know, even though I'm not a huge fan i gotta respect matt skiba uh, and the hustle yeah. the hustle you know yeah i mean because this year march 2022 they went on a co-headlining tour with taking back sunday uh and they were using they were working on those new songs during like sound checks and shit so, i mean there's a lot of it being worked on how do you and, keep track of that many songs from, uh, from so many yeah, different bands and also just Joining Blink One Eight, like replacing yeah. Tom in Blink One Eighty Two, and being able to tour with the band and put out multiple albums, and you know, not have everybody freak out—that's big shoes to fill. Yeah, yeah. Regardless of whether or not you like were a huge fan or you know anything like that, no, you if you knew who Blink One Eighty Two was, and you saw that Tom left. You went, who the fuck is going to fill those shoes? Yeah. Like, who who can do that? Yeah, I like Tom and his guitar and his personality is yeah. such a big part of Blink when he was in the band. And then they were like, Matt Skiba. And you were like, oh, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> obviously quite different from Tom DeLong, both yeah. in personality and playing. But, I mean, the stuff Blink put out with Matt is solid. Yeah. it's It's different, but it's solid. And it also pushed Blink and, I think, allowed Travis and Mark to do more complex stuff that didn't really fit with Tom. Right. 
Because those two albums, there's a lot that I guess they just wouldn't have done with Tom. Like with Tom going out into the more like ambient style. Yeah, but, he really discovered effects pedals. <laughs> uh, I still like some of it though. Yeah, I mean but, it's not bad. And Skiba kind of sticking with that that punk rock emo route, it kind of brought those two worlds together of of Blink One Eight Two and Alkaline Trio. Yeah, it's like a darker Blink, which is an interesting take on Blink since they've always been so tongue in cheek, lighthearted, you know, haha dicks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Blink One Eighty Two is definitely known for their haha dicks. Well, I mean, they are. I mean, I, no, I was, I was being serious. I wasn't, I was not being facetious. Which, facetious. For teachers. <laughs> facetious. So that's just impressive yeah. all around from Matt Skiba. Hell of a musician. Hell of a guy. Hell of a dude. And again, that was the song Trouble Breathing by Alkaline Trio off of their 1998 album, God Damn It. And once again, my song was Come Around by Fireworks off their 2009 album, All I Have to Offer is My Own Confusion. And mine was Trouble Breathing by Alkaline Trio off of their 1998 album, God Damn It. So like usual, you can find these songs, the songs we listened to, and all the songs we've listed before on our Hit Shuffle podcast playlist on Spotify. You can find us on social media at hit underscore shuffle on Instagram and Twitter. We have a Facebook page, the Hit Shuffle Podcast, and a website, hitshufflepodcast.com. And now for everyone's favorite part of the show, where we roll the die, tell you what to shuffle into your library, and then you tell us what you've been listening to. So I'm going to roll the die. Let's see what we get. Eleven. Eleven. So shuffle into your playlists eleven times. Tell us what you get. Tell us a little bit about the song. And maybe we'll feature it on an upcoming episode. And now it's time for your second favorite part of the show. The end. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) So for the Shuffle Podcast, I've been your host, Matt. And I have been your host, Dave. We're fucking done. Do it again, but happier. God damn it.